This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can pull up your home life cameras on your TV with your Contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. To learn more, visit cox.com slash thisishome. What's up, guys? Welcome to Juice Podcast. My name is Salman Ali, at Salman Ali NBA on Twitter. You're joined by Dave Hardesty of Clutch Fans. Dave, how are you doing today? Good, Salman. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. So it finally happened. James Harden has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets in a blockbuster four-team deal. Uh, this is where he wanted to go all along. This was the catalyst for his original trade request. So let's break this down. Um First, uh, a major era in, in Rockets basketball just ended. I, I figure we start there. Mm. Um, big picture, and the, the the main reason I wanted to bring you on, how is the James Harden era going to be remembered in Houston, specifically by Rockets fans? I think over time it's going to be remembered positively. He's going to be, you know, I think he's the second best player to ever wear the uniform. Um, but right now, you know... I, I'm noticing, to be honest with you, if I put, post something positive about Harden, I'm getting a, a, you know a group of fans who are violently attacking. And if I post anything negative about Harden, there's another different group of fans that are violently attacking. And there's definitely people who remember it fondly right now, and there's there's people who are just very bitter about how this ended. Um, but I think uh, over time, people will realize this was a truly great player and offensively. Uh, gifted. We probably won't ever see a player quite like that again. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, it was obvious this needed to 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 move on, and and I'm glad the Rockets are able to move on. Yeah. So first of all, I think Rockets fans are extremely pissed right now uh, at the way Harden handled all this. He has not behaved professionally this season, dating back to the start of training camp where he joined the team late after partying in Atlanta and Vegas uh, with his uh, quote-unquote personal trainers. Uh, I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt on last week's show because I thought his ankle was still hurt, but he has clearly checked out uh, from an effort standpoint the last two games. Uh, there are possessions where he'll get the ball stolen from him, and he won't even attempt to run back. Uh, he had He had these fake layup attempts the past two games where it looks like he's trying and going to the basket, but it's clear he knows these layups have no chance of going in with AD right next to the rim. Um, I remember there was a possession where he was guarding AD in the post and he did the arm bar thing that you're supposed to do when you're defending someone in the post, but AD faced up and uh, to, do, to do a turnaround jumper and Harden didn't even bother to close out on the face up. Like, it was completely piss poor effort on his part. He mentally checked out. Uh, it sounds like he hired uh, these two guys from Wasserman to get him out of Houston, and it worked. Uh, along with uh, this press conference yesterday, where he just completely threw his teammates under the bus. Uh, when I had Jonathan Fagan on the podcast, we debated whether he would give his full effort and be a good soldier, or whether he would pull a Vince Carter and he Vince Carter the out of the situation like how does this play into how he's remembered like are these final three months a stain on his legacy in houston uh i mean i i think so i think for the diehard fans they'll remember it i mean like i you know i still remember tracy mcgrady and and his effort in the toronto game when he was 
you know, just basically mailing it in. I remember that, but over time, and when he, when the Rockets traded him, you know, I was, I was bitter about it, but over time, I think it healed. Uh, it's going to heal. You know, I, I'm going to date myself, but going back to Scottie Pippen, that's a different story. Uh, you know, he played here one year and he was out of here and, and forced his way out. I think <clears throat> James Harden, people will remember the good times. I mean, they were right there at the very top. Uh, I mean, they, you know, 2017, 18, 65 wins could have won a few more actually. And, um, you know, they, they had the Warriors up against the wall and they, you know, injuries cost them there. So I think over time people will realize that they had a truly great special player. Um, and, uh, but, but there's no doubt. I mean, you've, you've nailed this because, you, you know, fans may watch the game and think he's, he's giving enough effort. A lot of fans who follow the game, like you pointed out there, they notice that. And I can guarantee you the players and I can double guarantee you the coaches noticed that and they're the whole time saying the right things saying the professional things and for Harden just before he goes out to force the issue as you said throw them under the bus I mean that that to me was a, a significant character flaw um it just it was classless it was just something you don't do in the NBA you don't throw your teammates under the bus I mean you, you protect your teammates um and, and you don't just say you know we don't have enough talent we're not good enough I, I mean he knew he was on on the way out. Um, and so <clears throat> I think that will resonate with the guys who are lifers, diehard fans. I think casual rocket fans will, will probably overlook that. And over time, you'll just think about, you know, the eight years that they had here where he was just a one man wrecking crew. Yeah. John wall and boogie just unloaded the clip on this guy in these pressers the past two days. Uh, I think John wall at one point said like, he, he's like, we're nine games of the season and you want to jump off a cliff or something along those lines. And, yeah. and Boogie was like, you never took this season seriously, essentially. Like he like did the straight direct to camera. Like at, at no point did you give this roster a chance? And I think that's probably true. Like, I think those first two games, he definitely gave his for his full effort after that. I, I don't think it was there. Like, and you know, part of it, it might be the injury, but you know, I, I just pointed out a few instances like defensively where he just was not there. And yeah. I just, I think, um, I think it's going to be a black mark. Here's what I think. I'm probably higher on James Harden, the general public. I think he's one of the 25 greatest players of all time. Like he will go down, as you said, as the second greatest player in franchise history. And I, I'm aware that means I'm putting him above Moses Malone. Harden's better. Uh, before he arrived in Houston, the Rockets were a middling team that failed to make the playoffs three straight seasons. Uh, he And this is after the T-Mac and Yao era. He ended that drought, and they haven't missed the playoffs since. Uh, the Rockets have 551 seasons under their belt with James Harden, 160-win season. They made the Western Conference Finals twice, which is like almost making the NBA Finals. In this conference, in, in this era, it's it's pretty freaking hard to make the Western Conference Finals. Um, they nearly knocked down the greatest team in NBA history, and this is yeah. after Chris Paul hurt his hamstring. Remember, that final game was single digits. Listen, this ending isn't pretty, and I think Rockets fans uh, are going to remember it, but I think they'll get over it, and no city will, I think, this is my personal opinion, will ever love James Harden the way Houston will, will ever. And, oh, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. Brooklyn is absolutely expecting a title. Anything less, they're going to be disappointed. Yeah, and, and not just what he did on the court, but what he did off the court. He did a ton, along with his mother, 
to help the city after, you know, Hurricane Harvey. And I think he may have donated a million dollars at one point. Like, it's going to be go down like Allen Iverson in Philly or Vince Carter in Toronto. Like, he'll have his jersey retired here someday, and he'll be cheered. Uh, I know Rockets fans are bitter about this now, but once it sets in <laughs> how insane this run is, they'll come to appreciate it. Yeah, it's hard to imagine right now the Rockets throw. I agree with you. It's it's going to be hard to imagine the Rockets having a ceremony, especially with what I think is coming. And I think Harden indirectly is going to uh, really pin all this on the owner. Um, and I, I think, you know, the owner is really going to be the one who's going to dictate that decision as far as retiring a jersey. So we'll see how that relationship um, works out over the next week. But yeah, I mean, as far as what he did, he deserves to have his jersey retired the way he played here. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, You know, amazing player, just not in love with the person. You know, for me, it's it's the uh, the absolute opposite for Russell Westbrook. Great teammate, good leader, good person, not a great player, uh, an overrated player. And and it's it's the exact opposite, in my opinion, with, with James Harden. He's 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 got some good qualities. I just think that there's, uh, you know, the, the ego really overtook him, and and yeah, he there's no doubt about it. In, in absolutely incredible talent, top five, top three. You could you could make an argument for all of those things in, in the NBA. Um, and you know his 2017-18 season is just legendary. You know, but it just got to a point where he didn't want to do the work here in Houston anymore, and he wanted you know to to have that ready-made title title team. And that's what he's hoping he has now in Brooklyn. Yeah. That clip of Calvin Murphy, just saying he quit on the broadcast is going to go down uh, <laughs> in, 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 in Rockets history. And it, I don't think it's going to fade anytime soon. Uh, yeah, he, he, I mean, Calvin, that adds to Calvin's legend. I mean, because <laughs> you know, he, he called that and he was, he, there was no punishment by the way. I know people keep thinking I, I was lying about that. He, he was not punished. Uh, I mean, I, I I can't obviously say anything more on that, but I mean, you you can see Kevin Eschenfelder isn't there either, so it's you, know, you can breathe between the lines. But they're they're uh, that's not an issue where the Rockets suspended him for saying that. And if if you're if you're listening to those broadcasts, like those guys were really walking on eggshells when we were when they were talking about Harden. It was almost like funny, like you would see Bill Worrell like throwing a jab every once in a while, and, and it was very subtle. And it was like, oh, like James Harden never runs back on offense or something, something to that effect. He'll throw that in like once a game, and it was it just became a game within a game, like within the broadcast. Um, sure. Yeah. So let's talk about this this return. So it's not it's not been announced yet, but uh, this is essentially the trade. They are trading James Harden in a 2023 second round pick in exchange for Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Radion's Krorox, uh, three Brooklyn first round picks, 2022. Uh, I'm sorry, 2022, 2024, 2026. Uh, one Milwaukee first, 2022. Uh, four Brooklyn first round swaps, 2021, 2023, 2025, 2027. And all that's going to be unprotective. So I, I, guess, I guess I'll go yeah. first here. So whenever we talked about a possible Brooklyn package, I always felt like the conversation got diluted a bit uh, because you know people would get into, you can't trade James Harden for Karis LeVert, Spencer Dimwitty, and a couple first-round picks. That's like a poo-poo platter, right? And I never believed that was going to be the full package. I had Dan Favalli on my podcast a couple times this summer, 
And I always felt this trade would include like a godfather sum of picks because they just did not have the player assets that these other teams did, right? Like they just did, they didn't have a Ben Simmons, they didn't have a Tyler Hero, they did not have a blue chip prospect, so they had to include the godfather sum because again, this is one of the twenty five greatest players of all time. You have to pay up for that. Um, so th- I always envisioned like three first round picks and three li- three swaps, lightly protected. And when I saw that Shams was reporting that. Brooklyn was offering four picks and four swaps. My first thought was that that beats the Sixers package. It does. And with this deal, you get not one, not two, not three, not four, but eight bites at the apple. And I think it's highly unlikely that one of those picks isn't extremely valuable. You're talking about a seven-year window and a team that's building around two 30-year-olds. They're unlikely to be title contenders for the last couple of years of those picks. And I think I think the Rockets came out pretty well here. Like, what what did you think of the return? I know you're a big fan of picks and swaps and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my reputation, I guess. Uh, I know uh, David Weiner makes sure that people people know that. But yes, I, I do love draft picks. I, I certainly don't. I mean, I uh, absolutely cringe at the thought of not having draft picks when your future is uncertain. Um, so to me, I thought the home, the picks aspect was a was a home run. I mean, I think that they they did fantastic there. And then when I, you know, first heard that they got Levert and, um, uh, you know, Exum, I'm like, ah, okay. And then when it was Oladipo instead of Levert, I actually liked that better. But I, you know, I, I think from a player standpoint, they did okay. It's kind of eh. from a pick standpoint, it's it's a smashing success. Now, and people don't quite understand it when it doesn't give you that immediate payoff, but as you said, I mean, you just go a couple years out. I mean, look at what happened with the Rockets and Westbrook and the trade. That was just two picks, two swaps out way out in the future. And the Rockets future radically changed over a span of 12 to 18 months. So, you know, anything can happen to the, to the Brooklyn Nets. I, I mean, the, you know, like you said, eight bites of the apple is probably seven because this, this year's swap is probably, you know, worthless. But, um, you know, starting next year where they have the, they have their 2022 pick, and then 2023 and beyond, I mean, uh, the swaps and, and everything else, it's it has the potential to be enormous. I mean, it, it could be just like what what Boston got in uh, you know the KG and, and Paul Pierce deal, and that set them up to get uh, you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and, and all of those things. So to me, it, it, you have to be patient, and I know nobody likes that because we've been you know contending for the last several years, but. It, it's a great deal for the future. There's no doubt about that. And they, they needed something like that because they really stung their future with that Westbrook trade. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone... The-, the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host your own podcast and just don't know where to start hustle is the perfect place for you 
As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your own show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate any other hosting set would charge you just for your initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bw.hustle slash join. So here's where I end up on the Oladipo thing. Like, they clearly passed on Karis LeVert because, well, I don't think they were that high on Karis LeVert to begin with, and they wanted that cap space. And if Oladipo ends up being good, then great. You can trade him or you can resign him. But when I saw that part of the trade, I thought, A, they clearly still want to be competitive this year because of that pick swap that they owe. And B, this gives them flexibility this summer to take on bad contracts in trades for picks. I think they're going to do the laundry machine thing like Oklahoma City did. Uh, if if they don't re-sign Oladipo, this, this could very much become a dumping ground for bad deals, uh, which could net them more first-round picks. It could also... Uh, it's also pretty clear that they plan to move off P.J. Tucker now at the deadline because now you've traded James Harden. There's really no reason to keep him around, uh, and you don't want the asset to walk around for nothing. I think this is probably the highest P.J. Tucker's you know, value is ever going to get. Uh, it's going to, it's only going to go down from now on. I don't think the Rockets plan on resigning him. I, I think it's pretty clear at this point at the deadline, there's going to be a suitor for PJ Tucker, yeah. uh, maybe even Brooklyn. Who knows? Like it's, it's one of these teams is going to want to have PJ Tucker around for the playoffs. And I think you, you have to pounce on that. Yeah. And that's, that's the question is what can you get? That's at least the first question I'm asking myself right now is what can you get for PJ Tucker? Can you get a first round pick? Can you get Matisse Thibel? Uh, I mean, they they have a um, a traded player exception in Philly that makes sense. At the same time, they're over the luxury tax, uh, as David Weiner pointed out. Um, so you know, like contenders are going to be interested in PJ Tucker. He's a very smart player, a very tough player. Kevin Durant loves him. I think he's even said PJ's his toughest. The guy, as far as guarding him, is the toughest to go up against. Um, they're both Texas guys, right? Yeah, they're absolutely both out of UT. So, uh, you know, they know each other well. But but to me, um, somebody's going to want him. I mean, he was, uh, you know, Toronto before the, you know he came to Houston. They felt like he was really their defensive MVP. And he has been, you know, great with the Rockets. I think now it really doesn't make sense to have him here anymore. I mean, he's he's a solid player. And he gives, you know, he gives the Rockets, uh, you know, a lot of positive things. But at the same time, they're just not in contention status right now. Uh, I think it makes sense to to move him. And, and my hope, and you mentioned the Oladipo thing, and yeah, they may let that expire and then start to do the OKC thing, and I think that would be smart. I mean, if it's similar to what Daryl Morey did years ago, where he's kind of stockpiled, um, you know, picks and 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 took on some contracts. But I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they also move it at the deadline because I, I think there will be a lot of teams who could be interested in an Oladipo. Um, and it, does that give you an opportunity to uh, acquire picks? You may even take on a $20 million contract that also expires, but it's just fairly worthless. I don't have a good example off the top of my head, but as far as a player just isn't very, uh, isn't very worthwhile. And, you know, maybe you could make a trade with a contender there. So um, we'll see. I mean, I, I think as far as on the court, I'm excited to watch the team. 
Um, I, I don't have the expectations that I, that I did before this trade. Um, but you know, it's, it's going to be at least fun to watch. And going back to the picks, there is no guarantee that Kevin Durant stays. And if he, if he leaves in free agency, those picks become even more valuable. Now, I, 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 as of this moment, I think he does stay because, uh, and I, I guess we can talk about this in a little bit. I think the Nets are going to be pretty good, uh, for these first few years. Like I think, I think, you know, Kyrie, uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden fit together offensively really, really well. Uh, defensively, there's going to be some problems, sure, but I think they can find ways to, pe- you know, piecemeal a roster together that will get to them, you know, get them to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So I, I still think they're going to be really good at the, at the start of this. But if they if they don't win a championship in the next two years, I mean, we know how this works, right? I mean, the Rock- right. Rockets fans have experienced it just right now, right? Like stars can grow, you know pretty impatient if they if, if they're not reaching the mountaintop and if if the nets don't make the finals in the next two years i mean you're talking about potentially those picks could be really really valuable yeah and i don't i gotta tell you beyond two years i don't see Kyrie and harden staying on the same team uh, that that for sure i mean I, I, that just doesn't make sense to me i mean they're, they're they're super talents but i just don't see uh i i think they upgraded Kyrie to you know today brooklyn did by getting harden i think he's much better uh, player, much better fit with, with KD. Um, but, you know, and, and I hate to say it because we, you know, we've defended Harden forever. Um, but you, you just got to look at the track record with, when you put a star player alongside him, it just hasn't ultimately ended up well. The relationship nah, has I, soured. I'm going to stop you here. I'm going to, okay. I, I, I don't like when people say this because if you look at all the relationships, like what what does it mean to not work out? Because Dwight and Harden reached the conference finals. Chris Paul and Harden reached the conference finals. The Westbrook thing, yes, it didn't work out. The Wall thing, I don't think Harden gave him a chance to work out. So other than that, but let me his, let me clarify that. I don't mean not work out on the court. I mean they 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 had success. Okay. But I mean they if you look at any of these guys, none of them have good relationships with Harden. I mean Westbrook and Harden were like best buddies, and they they just completely just went went away from each other i mean i think dwight as well i mean you know dwight's a totally different guy but he and harden were never close uh and and chris paul i mean he's a he's rough around the edges but at the same time i mean there's no doubt that james harden really kind of pushed him out and and used his his control and his leverage so i don't mean on the court i i think james harden on the court you'll never see me criticize that aspect of harden because he's just so gifted he's so good but these other elements, you know, these, these other factors, uh, he hasn't developed relations and look at just, you know, Christian Wood, DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, the things that they ultimately came out and said at practice. I mean, he's, he's pissed off a lot of people, to be honest. Um, he's, he's supremely gifted, but uh, I, I'm just saying they'll play very well together, Harden, Durant, Kyrie, but there's a good chance that they're not going to be chummy after a year or two. So I actually do agree that I think this Kyrie and Harden thing may not last that long. And I, I, I think, you know, Harden is kind of Kyrie insurance and, you know, they, they definitely upgrade on that playmaking front. Uh, I mean, he's just a better player. He's just a all around better basketball player and fits that role much better. And now that the Nets don't have many assets moving forward to upgrade the roster, Kyrie is really your only, your only asset left. And if I were the Nets, I would seriously look at moving Kyrie at this moment. Because if I can if I can get better surrounding casts and perhaps maybe one or two picks back, which you know I, I'm sure they want some now, um, 
that that would be great. I would love that because that's more that's more ammo for trade for to upgrade the roster on later, later on on the line. Yeah, you know, I was uh, before the actual trade Harden trade happened. I was starting to really feel like my dream scenario was the Rockets uh, were able to get picks from Brooklyn and Kyrie, and then flip Kyrie for like a Tyler Harrow, which who I am a big fan of. Uh, I thought that would have been ideal and, and additional picks. So you're really kind of double dipping, but I, I just don't know what Kyrie's um, value is on the trade market right now because I really feel like this issue nobody knows how to answer it nobody knows really when he's coming back and this has been a problem really kind of for a while it's it's not new and he's you know he's a very deep guy but you know if a team like Miami deep is or, a word deep is a word certainly you can <laughs> right use. but I mean if a team like Miami had wanted him on I mean how what what assurance do they have that he's gonna to be there every day you know and, that, and that's 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 tough for them to give up assets for a guy like that when they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very mercurial guy. I, I don't really know what's going on. I like even reading the stuff that's coming out of Brooklyn about Kyrie Irving. I mean, it's, it's just confusing. It's just, I, I don't, I don't quite understand, understand why he's not happy. Like he, I mean, he, he broke protocol clearly. I mean, he was caught on video um, at a birthday party for his, his little sister and, you know, without a mask, nobody there was wearing a mask. And, you know, he, he was clearly in the wrong. I don't, I don't know what's going on now. I guess he has no contact with the organization. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's strange. It's strange. I'm, my best guess is that he does ultimately return because, I mean, I mean, he picked the situation. He wanted to play with Durant. I, I'd assume he'd want to finish out the season. I don't right. I, I don't I don't think he's going to retire. I mean, I, I've, I've heard that a couple of times that that, that would be very strange. I mean, that, that that's like. I, I can't even imagine a, like a player in his prime, like retiring just randomly out of the blue like that. Like I, I guess Andrew Luck in football is the closest example, but even, even Luck, like I think he retired because of injuries. Oh, 100%. So it, it really, yeah, it was random and out of the blue. I mean, Barry Sanders uh, retired, you know, the peak of his career. I mean, there's a lot, there's different things like that, but um, you know, I think Calvin Johnson, even it's NFL was, was similar to that. But, but uh, to me, I, I look at him as just, a, I, and again, I, I want to be sensitive because maybe there is some, some mental health factors that, you know, I'm not aware of, but um, to me, there's just something there that, you know, does he even want to play? Because it does, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it just, it just seems like he just doesn't want to be there, but he wants the checks, you know, I, it doesn't register with me. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm done talking about the Nets. <laughs> a lot of people are going to talk about the Nets over the next couple of days. Uh, sure. There's going to be plenty of coverage on them. Let's talk about the Rockets because uh, as of right now, uh, they are going to be. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be whiplash for Rockets fans for the ne- for the last nine years. They they were a franchise in the spotlight, and I, 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 as of, from this moment on, nobody's going to talk about them anymore. Like <laughs> Harden just made them so relevant in a way that they weren't before. I remember the years before Arden. They were not this talked about. They were not this widely discussed. And they're going to be a team in the shadows again. And I, I'm looking at this roster. I vastly under, I vastly overrated what they were going to be uh, before the season. I thought they would be an awesome offensive team. I thought they'd get to 50 wins because I thought Harden would make would get them there. Um, he clearly had no interest in doing so. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm still looking at the town on this roster, though. And there's still some pretty good players here. John Wall, Christian Wood, Eric Gordon. Uh, I mean, Oladipo is going to help them a little bit. I mean, compared to what Harden was giving them the past couple of games. Like, I think this team is going to be good. I, I, I don't know how good. Like, they just lost a franchise superstar. 
but it's it's gonna be chippy, right? Like I mean, like, yeah. what's what's your expectations for this team right now this season? Uh, ninth seed. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I to be honest with you, I may be you know I may be underestimating them. I, I'm hoping they can be a playoff team. I, I, this year is not a year that they really benefit all that much if they suck. You know, if they miss the playoffs. Uh, I mean, they, the only way they really keep their pick is if it's top four and, um, you know, that, that's going to take a stroke of lottery luck. So um, to me, um, I, I kind of look at it like they can compete. They're, they, they've, they're, they, they basically are coming out of the gates here. I mean, they're at a disadvantage right now where, you know, they're, they're three and six and, and they just lost their star player. And, and, you know, they added all, they're going to add all the depot and, and they're going to, you know, they've got some work to do. Um, but, you know, I, I think that they've got some good players here. I, I think um, Christian Wood has potential. I think offensively he's been very good. Defensively, it's a work in progress. Um, and I think John Wall now is going to be the unquestioned leader of this team. So you're going to see a better John Wall. I mean, he's not going to have to try to fit awkwardly into this, you know, two guard who's really the point guard of the team and, and the isolator and, and, and all those different things. This is John Wall's team. Um, and I think DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall and, and, and these guys, they're going to enjoy playing with each other. Um, and I think hopefully they can make some additions along the way. I, I don't have expectations for this team, you know, beyond if they make the playoffs, great. I don't see them as a team that beats somebody in the playoffs. Uh, I think the ceiling is probably, you know, get to the first round and out, but I, I would love to be wrong. I mean, obviously that's, that's the beauty of this. I just think the expectations for me are not even making the playoffs. It's just competing uh, and not seeing the pick fall, you know, to the very bottom. But um, yeah, that's about where I would put it. I think they've got talent, but I just don't want to overestimate it because the West is just that good. I think they're a play in team. Like, yeah, then that would be the night C, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah like I, I think they have enough talent to be that. And you're 100% right. This team has zero expectations. I, I think they would like to be good, obviously, because we talked about the pick swap uh, and, you know, they want to be at least close to what Miami is this season. I, I don't know if they'll get there now, but I mean, I'm sure that's a goal of theirs internally as an organization. But sure. I mean, as of this moment, until, you know, they get to the off season, they are in asset rebuilding mode in that they have to make all their players look good for trades because I think I'm not sure if the Rockets want to tear it down but I think they want to have that option like if, if, I think they want to see how good they can yeah. be this season and if they do want to tear it down I mean they obviously want the maximum possible return from that I think I think that's what you want for if you're if you're a Rockets fan I think you want your 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 best assets to show out I think as a team you should expect much from them I don't think you should expect them to you know be a six seed or an eight seed or whatever. I think you should you maybe try to get the 10 seed or whatever, make the play into your tournament. But individually from these players, can you see growth? Can you see John wall recuperate his value? Can you see Christian Wood, you know, solidify himself as a legitimate like franchise center? And can you see, you know, um, you know, DeMarcus cousins recuperate some of his value, you know, all that stuff, and you know, Sean Tate. Yeah. And that's another guy I really want to see now play more is Tate. Yeah, Cause I think, He's got some potential. He's a guy who's he's a bit of a bull around the basket and a strong defensive player. I, I like him a lot. So, I mean, it's you just lost Harden. You got a lot more minutes now to play around with. I mean, Macklemore should be playing more. So there, you know, yeah. I mean, now you're you're uh, you're, you're trying to do as you said, make the play in tournament. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but like you know, now they've got guys that they can 
I don't want to say showcase, but they can improve their value and, and, uh, you know, possibly trade or, or make them part of their long-term future. So it's a good situation as far as that is concerned. And I like this roster better for Steven Silas, what he was trying to do offensively, because I, I just don't think Harden was bothering to buy into what he was doing. Like he, like he would stand in the corner and just be completely ineffective. And, and he would try these, you know, he would obviously shoot the catch and shoots that he would get, but I mean, he just looked completely disinterested in running back on offense. So I think, offensively they can run more of the stuff they wanted to run in training camp you know all that stuff that they worked on when Harden wasn't there that comes back into the playbook now and I think um you know I want to see how good of a coach he is right because if he's the real deal obviously Houston wants to keep him around for the next few years and that's it's going to be a showcase season for him it's it's basically going to be a showcase and prove it season for all these guys who were left left for dead by their superstar player yeah I mean you know, I, I don't mean to bring up this memory, but I, I remember in, in 2012, uh, I was at the Toyota Center and I think it was before a game and it was when the, the Rockets had uh, acquired Harden and Harden and his group, we were waiting to see if he would show up and he and his like sort of group um, showed up and they were coming around, you know, down, you know, the Toyota Center halls down the basement and they were coming around uh, to where the media room is and M- Kevin McHale was there at the door and, and you know, when Harden came around the corner, I mean, his eyes lit up, smiling, beaming coach, let's get it. Let's get it. He's yelling. And, and, you know, Mikhail's smiling and, and that's, that's going to be Harden again, because it was the opposite of what we, that's the exact opposite of what we just saw from James Harden, because he's just, he's lifeless. He's not, he doesn't want to be here. He's just going through the motions. And when he gets to Brooklyn, I think, I think you're going to see what we saw out of James Harden in that first game of the year. I think he's going to, you know, basically shut all these people up or thinking he's completely out of shape and maybe on the decline. I think he's going to, going to explode because he just, you know, he wasn't in it and Silas, uh, you know, he wasn't committed to Silas's system, as you said. And now moving forward, they have a chance to, to get the pieces in there and the players in there that, that are the right part of the system. Yeah. And there was all this talk about Harden being out of shape, as you mentioned. And I just never bought that. Like, yeah, like he, he looked a little pudgy, but I mean, I, I, I thought he was, he looked like he was in game shape. He just wasn't giving his game, game shape effort. Right. And, um, it's going to be interesting to see him post monster numbers again for another team. It's going to be, it's going to be weird. It's going to be like Harden has been in a Rockets uniform since 2012. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like he's going to be in a, in a Brooklyn Nets uniform starting next week. It's very strange. I mean, I can only compare it to like, you know, similar to watching Akeem go to Toronto for the first time. I remember when I was a young kid, again, it's going to date date me, is I remember watching Ralph Sampson play his first game with uh, with Golden State after he got traded, um, you know, the Twin Towers. They broke up the Twin Towers, and that was like crushing for me as, as you know, a, a young younger kid. And um, I'm sure, you know, any young fan watching this, uh, watching Harden and see him play for another team and the joy in the game again for him, it's going to be hard. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there there are children that are Rockets fans now that don't remember life before James Harden. Like, <laughs> like that that's crazy, right? Like, if you really think about it, like we're talking about these years before Harden. I'm not sure people listen. Some of the people listening to this podcast are like 18 years old. I've seen the demographics. Like, like that's that's like those people probably don't remember much of life before James Harden. No doubt, and they and they, and, you know, I don't want to get too sappy, but you know, they share moments with their families, with their friends all about all, all centered around James Harden. And so that, you know, they, they're going through sort of that, 
trial of their faith, if you will, not to get all crazy deep, but like, I, just like I did when Akeem left, it was like, am I still a Rockets fan? And like, yeah, I am. You have to go through that. Um, and because, because a lot of people became Rocket fans because of James Harden. It's just the way it is. A lot of fans, be, you know, be, a lot of people became fans because of Yao Ming, uh, Tracy McGrady, Steve Francis. It's just the way it is. Stars bring in uh, the eyeballs and, um, you know, as much as you hate to say it, you lose fans um, as well when when you lose some of those players. So it's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is. And uh, you know they're going to kind of see we're going to see who's really a Rocket fan and who's who was really a James Harden fan. Yeah, it's going to be so strange going back to that locker room and seeing virtually no familiar faces at all from like <laughs> front office players, ownership, n- nobody. You know, no nobody's a familiar face. I mean, even just you just go back three months ago or, you know, back to the bubble and say, you know what, next year, your team is going to be uh, Victor Oladipo, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins and Christian Wood. That, that's your team. And they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it just, you know, where's Westbrook? Where's Harden? It, just, it blows your mind. Robert and, Covington. So, he's he's yeah. gone too. Yeah. Where's Robert Covington? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's truly crazy. So, um, you know, and the next domino falls probably PJ Tucker. So, you know, it's, it's, they're definitely, it's a new, new generation of Rockets, a new generation of Rocket fans. Yeah. The social media team's going to get on a new logo. Um, all right. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on, Dave. Where can we follow you on Twitter and go to your website? Oh, yeah. Uh, on Twitter, it's Clutch Fans, and uh, same thing, the, the website is clutchfans.net. Thank you so much, Dave. 